0: I want to share a message with you based on the gospel lesson for this 23rd Sunday after Trinity. It's from, found in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. I've entitled my message this morning, Giving That Impresses Even God. Reading done in Jesus' name. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in very large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, which were worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, our text for today relates the story of a poor widow, I'd say a very poor widow, who put every last penny she had into the offering box. Actually, it was less than that. It was a fraction of a penny in the form of two small copper coins. Now, if something like that was witnessed in our day by, by a reporter, I, I'm sure that he or she would send it to the press with a touching or as a touching human interest story i can just see the headline poor widow gives last penny to church somebody got a better title okay that's the one that's going to the paper then now depending on one's point of view the the reporter could have promoted either the generosity and the faith of the woman Or he could have focused on the greed of the church and the gullibility of the widow, right? Probably more would choose the latter than the former. But in fact, this is more than a story. It's not a fable. It's not even a parable of Jesus that he told in order to teach some principle about giving. It really is a simple historical account of a poor woman who came to the temple and gave all that she had, and her giving impressed even the Lord. And only afterward did He use it to make a point with His disciples. Now, the context, the the place and time frame in which this event occurred, I think perhaps makes the, the incident and the point Jesus makes even more impressive. You see, this occurred... On the day after Jesus had entered into Jerusalem in the Palm Sunday entrance, we call it the triumphal entry, right? Where he drives or rides on a a donkey up to to the gate of Jerusalem and then he walks in. And what did he do? He walked straight to the temple. Well, that's a pious thing to do, right? Except he went in. And you know what he did. He turned the tables over and he shouted at the money changers and those who were selling animals to be sacrificed for a usurious amount. He said, this is supposed to be a place of prayer. You've made it a den of iniquity. And he made lots of friends that day. It was on that very day. That the Jewish leadership decided it doesn't matter whether there's an opportune time anymore. We're not going to try and sneak our execution of this man. He must be put to death. And on that Sunday, or uh, Monday, he, he um, he was chosen, if you will, for death. So, Jesus is in the very last days of his life. Friday morning, he'll be hanging on a cross. He doesn't have much time left. In fact, this is the last time that Jesus ever entered the temple before his death. All the Jewish leaders that day when he came back there and, and, and watched the woman's offering... He was also confronted by the Jewish leaders who demanded to know by whose authority he claims to teach. And he's used this day and and these confrontations to teach the people about true religion. The true religion is really about a relationship with God. It's not just a rote act. It's not just things we do. But it is the expression of of a personal, deep personal relationship between God and a believer. And this this relationship makes a difference in how you live your life. And Jesus used this episode to really point that out. We note in verse 41 that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were given. And he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. So it wasn't just This one poor woman, but it involved numerous people coming to the coffers there and putting their money and giving their offerings. Jesus watches our giving. Are you aware of that? It's just as true today as it was in that day. Jesus watches our giving. Now, that can be gospel. Or that can be law. That can make you feel good. Or it can make you feel guilty. Whatever you're feeling, may the Spirit of God deal with you today. It's easy not to preach on money. I'll be real honest with you. But it does matter. Because we live in a world, we're not of the world, but we live in a world and money, money is required for a congregation to operate for missions to be carried out. So it is not only important, it's essential. And Jesus watches our giving. He, He knows what we put into the offering plate this morning. And your giving matters to Him. As I said earlier, this is the last time that Jesus visited the temple. And if giving weren't important to Him, I think He'd have found other things to do with His last few days of life. And I also believe that he reacts to your giving and mine, just as he did with the giving he witnessed there in the temple that day. Not only the giving by the widow, but by all the others who gave offerings that day. Some offerings pleased him more than others. And one offering and one giver in particular impressed him deeply. Now, I'm sure that the disciples were probably preoccupied with with those well-to-do givers who came in and put large sums of money into the offering plates and and you have to realize something here they're not just dropping them into a coin no there was a unique design to the to the coffers in the temple they had metal funnels on them so you know if you were just doing it for fun you could get a penny rolling around inside there and see all the many circles it makes but what but the real purpose behind this is It's going to make noise. It's going to draw attention from other people that you're giving an offering. Except for that woman. She gives two small copper coins and she probably even just slid them down. But Jesus was aware. I think the disciples probably focused on the noisy offerings. That's probably where most of us would have had our attention. But here's the thing. As Jesus watches our giving, he watches it not so that he'll know what we give or how much we give. What he really watches is the heart. He watches our hearts and he understands why we give and that we give. And what What a difference it makes when we give for the right reasons. When we give as an expression of gratitude and love. They all gave out of their wealth, Jesus says, but she out of her poverty put in everything. All she had to live on. You remember the accounts of Cain and Abel and their offerings. In Genesis 4, beginning at verse 3, we read in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Cain brought some. I'll give this. That's maybe about as much time as he spent on his offering. And I don't think it was an act of worship at all. Where Abel brought some of the firstborn, he brought from the firstfruits the very best. Giving for him was a real priority because it offered him to express his faith to God. And I think the difference in these accounts, the woman and, and Cain and Abel, It is the difference between mere religion and true religion. Mere religion is just form. It's just rituals going through the motions. But true religion, brothers and sisters, is from the heart. It is an expression of a personal relationship between God and a believer. And giving is one of the ways a believer has to express his or her. Relationship with the Lord. Jesus watches our giving. But Christian giving then is is an expression of personal faith. Too many give as though their offerings were dues or membership fees. Too many give with strings attached. Use their offerings as as leverage to get their way in a congregation. Or to withhold when they don't like certain programs in the church. Too many give only when a plea goes out, and in, and in effect they make God a beggar. Hey, buddy, can you spare a dime? But that's not it. God is God. And we owe him everything. In the scriptures were told he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Guess what? He doesn't need He doesn't need what I give. And I don't care if I give more than you do, Randy. He doesn't need it. We need it. We need it. To express our faith to the Lord or our faith in Him, we need it. And we need to give without strings attached as an expression of faith, and as a true act of worship. Worship is is our response to what God has done for us. That widow that day worshipped personally, and it didn't matter to her what others gave or even why they gave. What mattered to her was that she had an opportunity to give and that her giving would express her gratitude, her faith, her love for the Lord. In the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, we read, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. One preacher put it this way He said, Christian giving is not a cause but an effect. It is the result of something that has been experienced. That personal experience of God's abounding grace through Christ. Many churches sing as they dedicate their offerings on Sunday. We give thee but thine own. How many of you have been in churches where they've sung that song? Several of the churches I served used that song as a response to the offering. We give thee but thine own, whatever the gift may be. Because all that we have is thine alone. A trust, O Lord, from thee. There are others who who may be as responses to offerings. This was in a couple of churches I've served. Where they sing, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I believe that that song is sung because we realize that giving is more than the act. It really is a matter of the heart. And we want to give with a clean heart, with real good motives, with real gratitude. So that it isn't a legalistic thing. It isn't something we do to try and earn God's respect or his acceptance. It's something that we give because he's freely given us. Everything in Christ. Faith is expressed as trust in God in our giving. This woman gave everything she had. She had two coins. She gave two coins, not one. I mean, if she'd have given one, she'd have still been giving half of all she had, right? But that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. So she gave it all. The artist James Tissot. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I I don't. Uh, I don't understand or appreciate a lot of the modern art. Um, who's the guy that painted pictures for the Saturday Evening Post? Anybody remember? That's terrible I've drawn a blank on his name. I understood. I understood his art. And, and, and the painting of Tissot about this scene is in the scene, he pictures this woman walking away after she's given her offering, and she's holding a small child in her arms. It's a touching, touching painting. And maybe, maybe that was true. Maybe she had little ones that she needed to care for. The fact is that in giving everything she had, her trust was offering or obvious in her giving. Is is yours, is mine, is my trust obvious in what I give? Do I believe he will take care of me just as he has? Faith is also expressed not only as as trust in God, but our faith is expressed as dependence upon God. Closely related to trust, yes. But in giving everything she had, this woman expressed her utter dependence upon God to provide for each and every one of her daily needs. She also relied on the promises of God. What promises? Well, how about from Malachi 3, 8 through 10? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. You ask, how do we rob you? The answer, in tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. That's not me saying it. That's God himself. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have room enough for it. Or how about Proverbs 3, 9, and 10? Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, your vats will brim, o- brim over with new wine. Jesus once said, Give, and it'll be given you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Have any of you ever bought hand-packed ice cream? Remember, probably not many places that do it anymore. But you think of that versus the the modern way of, of filling ice cream containers today, you know. It's whipped to get as much air in there as you can. Whereas if you got a half gallon, well, they don't even do those anymore. It's less than that. But if you gave a half gallon uh, or got a, bought a half gallon uh, container of ice cream where it's hand-packed, remember how they'd scoop it in and they'd pack it down and they'd put more in and they'd pack it down? I wonder what the difference would be in weight between that which is whipped in air and that which is hand-packed. Now, I don't suppose they had two scoops or whatever ice cream store you may go to, but uh, back in Jesus' day. But I get, I get that picture when I, when I think about it being pressed down, shaken together, and running over, poured into your lap. This is what God promises for us. She relied on his promises, do you? And does your giving reflect your reliance on him? I think also of Elijah when he went and uh, was housed there with the widow at Zarephath and cared for during that route. Remember, she was ready to go and take the last of her oil and her flour and make a, make a small loaf and she and her son were going to eat it and she figured that was it they die. And Elijah said, no, you won't die. And for three and a half years, God kept flour and oil in the containers and provided for the widow and her son and for Elijah. God fulfilled his promises. He kept his word. There is a tremendous blessing. There are tremendous blessings associated with Christian giving because it, true Christian giving isn't isn't given from a selfish motivation. It it comes from to, there's that blessing that comes from knowing that that our our giving can be pleasing to God. There's a blessing of knowing that God will add His blessing to our offering. Multiplying it and using it to further his kingdom. And there is the blessing of experience his faithfulness. Financially, the best time in my life was when I was in seminary. I worked 20 hours a week because that's what the seminary said you should limit yourself to so that you could spend additional time, adequate time studying. 20 hours a week, two kids. The math doesn't work. And yet we never ran out. People would send us gifts. An aunt and uncle of my wife's sent us a, a, a nice-sized check. I won't tell you the amount. And it was their first-ever Pass It On Award. And they said, use this be blessed by it. And when you have an opportunity down the road, you pass it on to someone else. And we were able to do that later on. Every month, there was, a, there was an envelope stuffed with a $20 bill put in my mailbox. I never caught who it was. I asked one person, and he, he denied that it was him and his wife. I, I don't to this day know who it was. But you know, $20 back then could just about provide a week's worth of food. God is faithful. And He's been faithful ever since. And some of you could probably tell much more impressive stories. But how good to know that our giving can please God and our needs He gives so that we can have those met and and we can live dependent upon Him and experience His sufficiency for us. Isn't that great? You know, I don't know any place in Scripture where it tells us that Jesus ever did anything for this widow. You think he did? How many think he did? My hand is up. Yep, I'm seeing lots of hands. I'm sure he did. I don't know how he did. I don't know to what extent, but my Bible says, "My God will meet all your riches according, or all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus," in the Book of Philippians. Jesus watches our giving. And if our giving is truly a matter of faith, as it was for the widow in our text, if it becomes a way for us to express our gratitude to and our love for God, as I believe she did, if it becomes for us just one more opportunity to worship him from our heart, as she did, if you're giving like hers expresses your trust in the Lord and your dependence upon him, then your giving, whether large or small, will be blessed indeed. And that's a fact from God's word. Jesus wants to bless our giving. That's why he drew attention to the widow's offering. He used her, her giving in order to give us valuable lessons on, lessons on giving to remind us that it's not how much, But why we give that makes the difference. And to show us the real blessing that that is ours in giving to the Lord, in blessing Him in that way. Hearing and pondering these lessons, these blessings, is good. But it's only the beginning. To really experience God's blessings, we have to apply these lessons. And yet, if we do so, then we can be involved in giving that impresses even God. May God inspire us like the widow to do so. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us again today. Thank you for this uh, experience that you had and, and that you recounted and and used it to to be a, a teaching for the disciples back then and for your disciples today. Thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for the the, the multiple reasons we have to give. Thank you for blessing us in the first place, for entrusting to us something that we might then give back to you. Help us to do it in the right spirit, in the right way. And we ask your blessing on our giving. In Jesus' name, amen.